0: Betches Media presents.
1: Madam Speaker, Madam Vice President. You want
2: to hang out with us and get your vaccine. Vaccine, vaccine. And so I went to human resources. There's some
1: things I just can't tell you uh, on air. The Betches sub podcast. A uh,
3: woman's problem if you will. <laughs>
0: Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales.
3: And I'm Brian Russell Smith.
0: And this is the Better Sub Podcast, where C SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Biggest topic in U.S. news today, still Elise <laughs> Morales' upcoming nuptials. <laughs> <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
0: Four days. We're at four days out.
3: Wow. wow how's it going, is- Elise? How, how do you feel these four days, knowing that there's only four days until your oh. wedding?
4: I feel like alternate, I mean, it honestly changes minute to minute. Sometimes I get like panicked about like small, whatever things that need to happen. For the most part, I'm feeling good and I'm just ready for it to be the day. But I also have an unusual amount of things like that I have to do this week that just so happened to correspond with this week, which is also... Just
0: how the cookie crumbles, isn't it? Yeah. I have (laughs) two. If you could hand off the rest of your wedding planning and organizing to one famous politician that we know, Mm. who would it be? Ooh, Stacey Abrams. Oh, not even,
4: literally, not even one moment's hesitation.
0: Not at all. Mm. I wish,
4: I wish that we could could turn it blue.
0: Everybody would leave a Democrat.
4: (laughs) And I, and I, you know what, it would solve me a lot of problems if that were the case. So (laughs) It would actually be really fucking great. What (laughs) person
0: would you invite to be the social lubricant? Like that, who, who you think could help meld the groups?
4: Who could bring everybody together.
3: Mm-hmm. I feel like if I may interject, I would say Cory Booker would be a fun, a good like oh, hype God. man. Yeah, you know
4: what? And that's also good because here's what I'll say: a lot of the people who are causing problems are from the great state of New Jersey. <gasps> oh yes, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they hail from none other than yes. so he could perhaps level with certain Absolutely. individuals. Um, explain to them why things need to be the way that they are
0: i can definitely, see, yeah. that so, course, I can definitely Booker see that happening is actually that happening.
4: a great a great great response <laughs> brian
0: yeah thank you i mean stacey abrams cory booker if you're listening elise has broadcast her um her <laughs> yeah, venue you and are just invited. shoot us a dm yeah. they're open <laughs> you are invited. you are ab- you are absolutely invited please show up <laughs> please <laughs> mm-hmm. so for the news of the day the other news of the day our first question to address did former new york politician andrew cuomo abandon his dog at the governor's mansion mm. This is the question. I don't know either. I mean, if he had planned to, that plan has been interrupted by bad press, but- so here's where we're at. As former Governor Andrew Cuomo prepared to leave office this week, reports swirled that he'd asked whether any staff was interested in inheriting a key fixture of the governor's mansion, his Husky shepherd mix named Captain. So he's had the pup, which is reportedly a rambunctious one. Sounds like he's got some major Biden energy. Shepherd yeah. Huskies, like the, they're big, goofy guys. They've got that. You've yeah. had it since 2018. So the Albany Times Union reported yesterday that Cuomo's staff was asking around for somebody to take Captain in, citing two unnamed New York state police sources. Cuomo had reportedly left the dog at the governor's mansion while he went to stay with his sister. Well, you know, he was navigating this this life stage and worked (laughs) downstate during the storm, which he says was a temporary arrangement AIDS denied the story vehemently, <clears throat> saying that Cuomo was simply looking for a dog sitter while he goes on vacation. Cuomo himself wrote on Twitter, Captain and I are a man and his dog. He is part of our family, and that's the way it will always be. Yesterday, I mean, this got kind of extreme. I guess yesterday, the executive director of the New York Federation for the Protection of Animals must have been invited on a radio show, and she expressed concern for the dog. Like after reading the report, saying, "I mean, yeah, I hope we didn't just leave the dog there." But Cuomo senior advisor then called her <laughs> to assure her that Captain would be staying with Cuomo. And it seems like this is all a big misunderstanding. But I mean, talk about talk about a story you don't want to define your last day <laughs> in office. <laughs> on the
4: way out, everyone's like, "Did you abandon your dog?" I mean, politicians are known to be poor stewards of dogs. Like Ted Cruz exactly. left his dog mm-hmm. during the hurricane and didn't. Mm-hmm. This is an ancient scandal, but Mitt Romney drove with the dog on the hood of his on car. The roof. Remember? On the, on the roof. Yeah. Sorry, not on the hood. Oh, that would no. be so
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> I mean, it's really bad to have it on the roof of your car as well. Yeah. Um, and it was a yeah. scandal. And Mike Huckabee's son like killed a dog,
1: oh, or son, Mike yeah. Huckabee's
4: son did something to a dog. Remember when Andrew Yang was oh, rehomed his
0: dog, and for National Re- Pet Day yeah, he honored he, the pet yes. that he
1: rehomed, <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Clinton's lab. I mean, this wasn't their fault. This was just tragedy. But the Clinton's late lab was hit by a car. There is a. Oh, no. I mean, there's a lot well, of people and a lot of dogs, so it's it bubbles up. It's like
3: you know, if this story came out about me, it would be so ridiculous because everyone would know. That I love my dog very much so the fact that it's even a story is problematic for me because you know you should be able to easily dispute that you're not abandoning your dog like if someone like was like saying like Brian Smith is abandoning his dog I'd be like are you crazy like it would be laughable (laughs) yes
0: there would be so much evidence for yes. why that would be out of character. Whereas with Cuomo, there is so much evidence why that would be potentially in character. But I don't know. Uh-huh. I mean, even the worst people l- love dogs. I mean, the worst people don't love dogs, actually. That's how you know a person is like truly evil. But like, I mean, I got my dog from a Trump supporter. I mean, I rescued yeah. him. I mean, you, people, people get dogs
3: as props. People get dogs do. as props and then they I realize mean, I, it's yeah. a dog and they're like, oh, this is like a a thing when for sure a per- you know definitely <laughs> I needs care. Clearly,
4: there was some confusion about who was taking care of this dog and where it was gonna go and uh, but it's hard to imagine that you would just leave your dog but either
0: but well the, he also I think that, right he sounds <laughs> like my sense from this is that maybe he's the type that like I mean, he used the governor's mansion and his staff to do everything for him. That's the problem. So he probably was just like, I'm going to go. Somebody deal with the dog. Like, that's how a lot of very powerful people. people, Right. And then then it's like, yeah, but like when, but it was probably like, hey, I'm going to go because he wasn't living there. So it's like, hey, I'm going to go deal with the storm here's the dog. And then people are like, well, you don't live here as of Monday. So I guess the dog's ours. I don't know. I, I really, I get like a little bit personally annoyed with like quote fake news stories like this, because I like to think I have slightly better judgment than like most like viral like accounts and I, I won't post them. Like everybody was posting this yesterday, but I was like, I refuse to believe this man abandoned his dog. But everybody else got the credit and the engagement for talking about the fake news story. But I'm like, <laughs> I don't think he really abandoned this dog. I really don't want to accuse something because it's like. Oh. I mean, accusing somebody of abandoning a dog, honestly, the reaction to this was on par with, I mean, Elise Stefanik tweeted about it. She was, <laughs> Elise Stefanik was like, we had to put down our sweet dog years ago and I can't stop thinking about it. Worst governor in the world, of course, worst Jesus. dog owner in the world. But that's a yeah. real, that's some what real- What is about planner. you that you're
3: using your dead dog in a tweet to attack someone? That's pretty fucked yeah. up too.
0: I mean, I think the perfect situation is that I know another political dog who recently lost a sibling who is in need of a rambunctious friend and that is Major Biden. Ah. I think captain and major, I mean, match That's made. That's true. But Cuomo probably is like, I want my dog, you guys. Like, I, I didn't I want to leave the dog. Nobody if takes now, my dog.
3: <laughs> if ever a man needed a dog, now is the time. You yeah.
0: Know? Yeah. Just like at his single sister's man. house, sad with his dog. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, it is always better for dogs to be with their Owners, like even when things happen, yeah, even with Amy Cooper, like she the dog was taken away, and then they decided it was still best to be with his owner. So we hope the captain is also cat like a whole ass family,
4: yeah. But Captain doesn't know that Cuomo like sexually harassed people. (laughs) That's true, he just like thinks he's a really nice guy
0: who takes him on walks and pets him. (laughs) That is so true, exactly. Oh, that's nice. So for a palate-cleansing headline this morning, we're turning to our Dame Buzzworthy News of the Day. Brought to you by Dame, putting buzz in all the right places and making the world a happier place, one Volva at a time. Today's Buzzworthy News headline is that New York has its first female governor. We woke up with a woman governor. And wow. just like that, what a Cinderella story. Just after midnight, mm-hmm. Kathy Ockel was sworn in as New York's first woman governor. And it's 250-year history. The former congresswoman from Buffalo became the 57th governor of New York. She's 62. She has two kids, and she has vowed to lead the state through economic uncertainty during this prolonged pandemic. Her husband is a federal prosecutor, I believe, and he's going to stay in Buffalo, and she's going to commute to the governor's mansion. And she does plan to run again next year. Because this is a Dame segment, I feel like it's an appropriate it's appropriate to bring in the Sex and the City reference, which is that I think this would be an amazing storyline for Miranda Hobbs in the Sex and the City sequel, Mm. or TV show.
4: Well, I mean, it also makes sense because Cynthia Nixon ran against uh, Cuomo herself. So in a way, perfect. it is a Miranda Hobbs storyline, mm. a more successful Miranda Hobbs storyline. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> I mean, she I'm was ex- a lawyer or she is exactly. a lawyer. I don't know. We'll find out in the reboot, I guess, if she's still or, a lawyer.
0: Exactly. Or it could be a good explanation for where Samantha went. I mean, it would make more sense for she's Miranda. She's the governor
4: of New York. Yes.
3: <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't have time to hang out with them anymore because she's the governor of New York. Right.
0: Right. Yeah, she was lieutenant governor, somehow went from PR to lieutenant governor to uh to the governor. Makes sense. That's that's yeah. where she is. But are you guys excited to have a woman governor?
4: I'm, you know, I'm excited in the sense that I'm always happy for women to move the needle. I really don't know much about Kathy Hochul, so I'm just kind of waiting to see what I think of her. If I learned anything, from our time with Governor Cuomo. It's that I refuse to be dazzled.
3: Yep. By- <laughs> yeah, I will
4: not be dazzled by Governor of New York again. It's no kind matter- of a
0: tough gig to take over somebody who was just disgraced and who like we all learned a cultural <laughs> I- national lesson not to overly admire this person. And she's like, I hi, hi. If hi. The last few
3: years taught us anything. We don't need charismatic leaders politicians
0: no. <laughs> no. if anything
3: maybe we could we could benefit from someone yeah. who isn't super we
0: need charismatic jeopardy hosts we don't need 100 uh-huh. percent political leaders also
3: what does it say about albany that you'd rather commute from buffalo than live in albany <laughs>
0: that's true
4: <laughs> there's bad juju in that governor's mansion there's mm-hmm. bad energy there all over there i don't i wouldn't want to move in there either now you got to take care of a random dog
0: no <laughs> 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 Oh, God. Poor Kathy. Poor Kathy. I mean, I can see a wonderful children's book that's just like Kath and Captain's first year. <laughs> I'm excited to see what she does. Read a little bit about her this morning. It sounds like she's a delightful person and she knows, she knows the job ahead of her and takes it seriously. It does just feel like a weight is lifted that all of the, just the bullshit and like the I'm sure not all of it. I'm sure there's a lot of work to do, but like we can actually get to governing. Like the idea of de yeah. Blasio having an actual partner to fix the fucking subway is very exciting to me.
4: Yeah, it is nice. Cause like, I mean, well, it won't be de Blasio for long, but there is, we have had this issue in the city where the governor and the mayor of New York are in a weird um I'm tall, I'm Italian, just like that old weird situation that they're dealing with. Exactly. And so we can't get anything done. And like the subway has been fucked up because of it. And like just a lot of things in the city don't work the way that they should because of those two men fighting with each other. So (laughs) perhaps at the very least, we can have a mayor and a governor who don't actively hate each other. Uh, and do things purposefully to cause the other one uh, pain.
0: Yes. High bar. High bar. (laughs) That would be great. That would be excellent. And that was our buzzworthy news brought to you by Dame. To get that buzz, you can try Dame for yourself by visiting dameproducts.com slash sup. Plus, all new customers get 15% off their first order on dameproducts.com slash sup. That's D-A-M-E-P-R-O-D-U-C-T-S dot com slash sup.
2: Hey, American Fever Dream listeners. I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like, what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now.
1: Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing, up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. Okay, so there
0: is drama in the House of Representatives. I saw you put this in the newsletter, Elise. I was reading about this in um, Politico because it really sounds like the third hour of a Real Housewives reunion. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
4: They are. Yeah, they're
0: They're going mm. at it. So last night's caucus went down, like I said, like a Real Housewives white party when a budget standoff between Speaker Nancy Pelosi and moderate Democrats popped. All the way off so here's the background for the last week a group of centrist house members referred to as the mod squad which is just a funny like lamest name like we're the moderate Awful. squad the squad I of moderates yeah. <laughs> like, are they I still, like
3: and it'd be even worse if they're self-referred as that which i inter- couldn't I figure like... it
0: out but i think it's possible that they are
3: yeah like well oh, they're not God. refuting it they're not refuting the title so
0: and they are led by <laughs> if you can believe it at least A member from New Jersey, (laughs) New Jersey's Josh Gottheimer. Again, these are Democrats. But so Josh Gottheimer is leading the mod squad and they have all held strong that they're not going to lend their support to the big Democratic budget, this $3.5 trillion plan until the House passes the Senate's bipartisan infrastructure bill. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has maintained for weeks that she would actually only pass the infrastructure bill once the budget was passed. You see our problem here. My understanding, and I tried very hard to understand this, is that no one's actually fighting over the contents of either bill, really. I mean, the moderates are upset that the budget isn't fully written yet and they don't want to be on the record voting for something they don't know about yet. But this is still like this is still we're just voting on deciding how we're going to move forward. We're not voting on the thing yet. The moderates, they just want this bipartisan bill done ASAP. They want it done in case anything happens to threaten its ultimate passage. They are moderate, so they see themselves as at risk in their districts next term if they don't signal that they're willing to work across the aisle and make compromises and just get stuff done. I mean, this we've seen in the past couple of weeks how quickly the news cycle can shift. And then once you lose attention on big things like this, it's really hard to get it back. So I think they're just thinking like, we have to do this now so that we can ensure it happens because they feel like if they don't, they might be at risk.
4: And the midterms. Like mm-hmm. the midterms are going to come up soon. People are going to be come out campaigning. Like people are not going to want to do anything. It's it's kind of do or die. I feel Yeah,
0: like. exactly. The thing is, though, is Nancy Pelosi, I will say for her flaws and for things that we criticize her for, she is very, very good at knowing how to keep her members like she wants them to win. She knows who's vulnerable. She knows what they need to avoid. So she's really I mean, remember when she endorsed like the Kennedy instead of Um, Mm. And Barky for Senate, like she really sometimes to a fault does what it needs to does what it takes to keep her members in office or where they're going to go. So she doesn't want to back down here. She's saying that they shouldn't squander their one opportunity to pass this multi trillion dollar agenda for the American people. And this would be historic. So Pelosi and other House leaders, they offered something of a compromise last night. This went like into the night last night. They offered moderates a chance to fold the vote to advance the budget into a procedural rule. So it wouldn't be like it would just be a little softer of a vote. And in return, they'd promised to pass the Senate's infrastructure bill by October 1st. According to political reporters, the rest of the caucus became more and more furious with this group of moderates throughout the night things were exchanged such as how dare you i am pissed off jesus you fucking assholes please everybody vote for the damn thing Mm. that is according to political reporters as of this morning the house is still hammering this out moderates want an even sooner deadline to approve the senate bipartisan bill they'll likely get it but um this is just an interesting fight because i can't it's about it's it's about it's about how to move forward it's not about what do you guys think it's about what is this fight about i can't really maybe, figure it out
3: maybe it's you know for these new jersey people right, um, or whoever like to get some press i mean could it just even be like just like oh swinging their dicks around sorry for the gross um <laughs> you know metaphor but you know it's true, though. I mean, there's parts of there's parts of New Jersey that are super conservative. And, you know, it, part of like the blue wave that happened. It was like, you know, in New Jersey, especially. Um, So I like Tom Melanowski, for example, like, like that. It, it's nerve wracking. Everyone's probably just thinking. I mean, house members are always just thinking about running. So. I don't know. I just also think I just love the the exchange of like uh, that they are having because there's nothing more fun at like work when you're like in a meeting and other people are fighting and you get to just like watch it. Watch them. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
4: Yeah, I agree, Brian. I feel I think there's a little bit of dick swinging, as you said. Uh, I think there's some dick swinging that's happening. I think that there are always going to be especially in the Democratic Party, as it is constituted right now, a handful of people who see a political benefit to this like bipartisan sheen and this like we're a tempering force on all (laughs) radicalism. And uh, we say no, we say no (laughs) to Mm -hmm. stuff. And, (laughs) And so I think that like, you know, they're doing the same they're playing the same game Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin are playing it like ups your profile. It makes you important when the day before nobody, Nancy Pelosi wasn't talking to you and now she's talking to you. So I think it's like, I think it's also, I think they probably also think there's a benefit politically at home to the reputation it brings them. And I think it also yeah. does make them feel important and fancy. Yeah, because now they're getting talked about on the Betches SUP podcast. And we were not talking about them
0: before. We have never (laughs) talked about Mr. Gottheimer before. We have had, I mean, like Stephanie Murphy, who we've actually had on the podcast, she was like the 10th person to join this group. And she got more. I I, I don't think she's a person that did this for for press. I think it's her (laughs) district is pretty tricky, but she got more press than I've ever seen her get because. She was one of only Mm. 10 out of 435 people. And there are people in that group that for sure, like nobody knows who they are until they do this. I mean, I'm reading the Politico reporter, Heather, um, I think it's pronounced Cagle's tweets of what's going on. And they're just fighting. They're just like, we're we're so close. They're just fighting over the smallest things because like, they just want to be, they just want to be validated, I think. I want to be
3: heard. I think that's Um. what it
0: is. I think Nancy Pelosi is just like, God, we just have to, like, they're all like a bunch of kids. And it's she's like got to manage like, their emotions
3: yeah. or deal with someone who's just like a contrarian. And at some point you have to like, kind of like give them a little ounce of something just so they shut up.
0: Yeah. You guys know, like the people, like I used to wonder people at various jobs I've had who are like managers. and I'm like, what do you do? I never see what you do because you don't produce anything. And then I'm like, as you, it's like, oh, you're dealing with fucking bullshit like this yeah. all day. <laughs> like, that's why Nancy Pelosi's office is so huge. The speaker's office is so huge because they're dealing with this stuff all day. Yeah, she it sounds needs like be people just scream want to be hurt. in there
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. needs to be able to just kind of like run around and be like. ah. <laughs> <in there. laughs>
0: precisely, precisely. Yeah. So, I mean, this is more interesting. Honestly, the nature of this fight is much more interesting than the actual policies at stake. We've talked about infrastructure. The most important thing it looks like is going to be protecting Biden's chances at passing this this really big thing. And it looks like just the path to do that is going to have them. Um, it's going to have a little bit of a emotion on it, which is fine.
3: And emotion.
0: Yes. <laughs> so throughout the last few weeks, we've reflected on the folly of attempting to force democracy on the unwilling. We're going to stay on that topic today, but this time we're not looking at Afghanistan. We're looking at Arizona. Earlier this year, the Republican led Arizona State Senate. They demanded an audit of votes in Maricopa County. Remember that Maricopa County, despite no Mm -hmm. evidence of voter fraud in the state, Biden won by 10,000 votes this morning. Did that just give you guys like election week PTSD?
4: Yeah, it's like I (laughs) I feel sweaty. Just remember. I mean, there's nothing crazier than that week and like waiting to get the results Uh after having never had to wait for results like that. Really?
0: Exactly, 2000, Really? Yeah. And that's why these numbers, these margins like really stay in our head. So Biden won that state by 10,000 votes. I feel like they're also fixated on, you know, member Fox called it for Arizona. They're just like, we can get it back. We can get it back. So the Republican led Arizona state Senate, despite basically everybody else telling them not to, they hired a Florida-based company called Cyber Ninjas whose founder has promoted election conspiracy theories and has no experience, none, in conducting official election audits to audit Mm. this election. They basically gave them the 2 million ballots and said, let us know if these are right. Most Republicans in the state didn't want this to happen at all. They urged their colleagues to accept the election results, to reject Donald Trump's lies, and to move on. They did not do that. The cyber ninjas were actually supposed to submit their long-awaited report to the state Senate yesterday. Actually, they were supposed to do it a while ago, but they blew past all their deadlines. However, they failed to do that yesterday. Why? Because three of their five members tested positive for COVID and are reportedly very ill. Uh, Sorry, but (laughs) irony is just so thick. So the state Senate claims that the goal of this audit is to improve the election process going forward, not to change the results of the 2020 election. But election experts have warned that an independent group getting complete control over all of these ballots could have a really chilling effect on voting. I mean, if you look at somewhere like Arizona, which might have a pretty large potentially population of people that are undocumented, if they see that these fucking crazies could get their hands on their votes, like maybe they don't want to vote. So that's sort of the idea here. Arizona Secretary of State, who is a Democrat, she released a 45-page report last week that basically said this thing is a mess. It has no legitimacy. Any outcomes or conclusions that are reported from this are just unreliable. I read through some of this. For instance, um, one thing she noted was that auditors were always seen with black or blue pens. Apparently, rule number one of election audits is that you do not fuck with blue or black pens because people write on the ballot with blue or black pens. You bring red pens because if you're just like, it doesn't even matter if you're dealing with the ballot, if you're just like, you know, taking notes, or, like writing love mm-hmm. letters to your, to your dog with a blue pen nearby and it gets on something that can change a vote. So that was, it's just a bunch of stuff like that, which like day one in- invalidated what they were trying to do. There are huge questions. They've been taking pictures of the, I mean, this is actually pretty scary stuff, even though it's so ridiculous. Um, they're refusing to release details about their process which actually makes me wonder, do we think these guys have COVID (laughs) or are they just like, we need more time (laughs) Or, or they're like, people will absolutely believe that five Floridians conducting an election audit in Arizona got COVID and couldn't do it. They will absolutely buy it because people are worried. They're starting to like destroy evidence of what they've been doing.
4: That is very interesting. Um, I, I hadn't thought of that, but that is that uh, that is very, very interesting.
3: I feel like the details of their process should just be like we are gonna count the votes. Right. What's and the process? Tally them. <laughs> and here, watch me do it on camera. You know, it, it doesn't yeah. like like and also just the name Cyber Ninjas is hilariously bad. <laughs> I know.
4: I know. It sounds would, like a like, cartoon network show.
3: I feel like it's, I feel like it's probably the name of like millions of like teenagers who are playing, um, Fortnite or some sort of world, like worldwide web gaming. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a username.
0: Yeah. It is a username. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, the only people that wanted to do this was the Republican state lawmakers in Arizona. So this brings us, of course, to state legislatures and why they're so important, but Democrats like can't seem to get it together to win them or prioritize them. It's the same for school boards. So somebody who's been talking about this a lot is Amanda Littman of Run for Something. She also hosts a podcast with The Recount. So Caitlin and I are going to talk to her tomorrow all about this, why this happens, why Democrats seem to ignore this, and why it always comes back to bite us every single time. It's I expect to be very motivated by it that's our show today until the end of democracy i'm amanda duberman i'm elise morales
3: i'm brian Russell smith
0: and this is the podcast bye